You are now listening to part two of episode 10 of Pass the Rock, in which Jacob will cover the new NBA CBA, and we'll get a little bit into the final games of the season. Hey, you know... I just want you to know I'm doing the matching dance to go with the video too. Uh, but anyway, all right. Well, you know, I guess we have to bring the mood down. You know, I don't know. It's CBA times for the NBA. You know, playoffs. Maybe that's where you think we would go into talk about seeding. But like to be honest with you, I've been so over talking about who's going to be in the Western Conference play-in that I really just want to give that a little touch at the end. Instead, we're gonna have a little fun with the future. Um, I don't really want to get into like the minutia of numbers too bad. Um, all the cap figures, if that's what you're about, go to the internet, find the people who do that stuff. They're amazing at it. I know I love like Keith Smith is really good at it. Zach Lowe had a good podcast on it. Sam Vecini. There's a lot of guys who really break down and it taught me a lot when I was trying to learn this. Uh, this was more of a CBA for dummies version that I wanted to give us because like, we want to keep it casual. I want the fans to know what's new, what's changing, what to expect, and kind of what to be excited about. Um, so going to start with just the basics here, and then I've got six talking points that we'll kind of jump into as we go. Um, so CBA is effective July 1st, which is the turn of the new league year, and the opt-out will be in 2930. So this is good for quite a while, or at least to get finish the decade out. <clears throat> Um, there's a couple unknowns at this moment. The term sheets have been released. And basically what that means is there's still a lot of like, we know the general gist of things, but we don't know the exact specifics on a lot of stuff, which is great for our podcast anyway, because we don't want to get into it. But if that's your minutia that you enjoy, you're still waiting on the official word. <coughs> and then there's a possible addendum that could be coming uh, ASAP uh, once the, all the legal work is done where all of the changes I'm about to, or some of the changes I'm about to talk about will be um, active ASAP. Um, That's weird. So, well, and that, that one will make sense when we get to them. Um, and mostly those are just going to be like signing. Like they're just going to basically be giving people the leg up on the off season, you know, uh, because the rules are going to change mid off season. So it's just a weird thing to do. So you just, the, a couple of rules will get addended into the current CBA or whatever. Um, all right, so the fun talking points. Uh, first talking point is the stuff that's not happening this time around, at least for now. Um, the age limit did not pass um, at all, apparently. Uh, the players don't like the lack of job security, and the teams don't like scouting high schools. So there you have it, guys. If you were fans of the one-and-done rule, uh, you're going to still have it for at least the foreseeable future. What was the rule they were trying to get through? There wasn't really. Um, there was just always this talk that this CBA would be the one that they finally got rid of that rule. And surprise, surprise, turns out only people that want that rule gone are fans, probably. Because, like I said, uh, seems like both sides are pretty. Like when I'm this section right here, basically none of it got brought up. Like it is that low on the table. The only reason I'm bringing it up now is because these are all the big talking points we thought were going to be big going into it. Um, so, like I said, age limit completely ignored. It's staying the way it is um, with almost no support to change it anytime soon. 
Um, um, If y'all have anything to sidetrack on these, let me know. Um, There was nothing to really address the forced contract, the forced trades from max players. That was something people kind of thought, ooh, you know, where the owners use the CBA to get into that. They avoided it like the plague. Um, And then expansion was not mentioned in this. But that is something we've already talked about on this pod a little bit. The expansion is not expected until the new TV deal for like 25, 26, I think. So expansion is coming, but it's not. the It's it's about third or fourth on the priorities list for the NBA right now. And it wouldn't really necessarily have to line up chronologically with the CBA, would it? Not at all. Um, it was just It would just make sense for them to talk about it, and they probably did, and maybe that part just has intentionally not got out. Because I think the plan that has already kind of leaked out through the most knowledgeable parts of the media is that they'll probably try to do 34 teams when they expand, and they'll just do two teams one at one point and two teams uh, maybe the next year or the year after. Oh, man. Um, I don't know if I like the idea of 34, <clears throat> 34 teams. Well, it'll make sense a little bit when I get into the rest of this. And you see that the reason I really want to do the CBA is I really think that a lot's changing. The NBA, as we know it, is very, is potentially going to be very different because of these new rules. Um, those are, the, like I said, those are the three. We'll see. Like I said, expansion still coming. Um, it'll probably be four teams. We'll see all that stuff. I'm not going to get wasting time on that. Um, the other quick notes that are important. Uh, did you guys have anything else you want to go on with the age limit, the max players asking for trades or expansion? Um, well, no, because you're you're about to uh, expand more on the the expansion and the thirty four team thing. So I I think you'll, you'll well, be answering. That I was kind of yeah. So the, the thirty four team thing is they've already they already know it's Vegas and Seattle are in. Uh, I think that they're almost certainly going to make Mexico City work if they can, and then they get to shop that fourth city um, to whoever <clears throat> and try to you know get a highest bidder situation going that way. Damn, um, Mexico City would be a far. tough one, man. That's a tough sell. You got to think they'd look at Canada again sometime, right? Vancouver or It's just Montreal. weird, though, because if you... Yeah, I don't know. I, Montreal would make the most sense to me, but Vancouver has the history, so I don't know. Um, and Mexico City is almost a certainty uh, because the G League thing has gone over fucking amazingly, and the NBA is horned up on the idea of getting a Mexico team. Well, so I, I can almost 100% believe that one. Yeah, I don't. Not to not to derail things. I just don't think I personally like that for Mexico City itself. But that's a whole whole other bag of worms that has less to do with basketball and more to do with uh, the things going on in Nuggets. Mexico City. Nuggets would yeah, lose so, altitude advantage pretty quick. Yeah, the altitude thing is a big one. Um, but they, apparently, the players it's perfect for the players. Everything else going on in Mexico City is what it is, but apparently the players have a very awesome, like, little sub neighborhood that they get to live in, and they get transported back and forth, and it's all it's all good. So the NBA doesn't have as many concerns as most regular people do when you bring that up, uh, because they've already kind of brought these. Like, it, it's almost apparent. Like, I didn't think this was gonna happen, and then it was just like they kept talking about it, like their like their high school crush, and you're like, oh shit, you guys are hella serious about this, um, and they are, I think. <clears throat> Um, anyway, those are the only like non things that just didn't happen, but are still sort of on the radar down the pipeline. Um, so quick notes about this, just sort of some things that we don't really need to expand on, but we're a part of it. Um, the RSA issue, which is the regional streamers, 
um, and the new TV deal that they're trying to work out and shop around is the reason why this got done so quickly and fluidly and without too much back and forth. Um, apparently, both sides are pretty excited to get to that sum of money, so I don't think that surprises anybody. Um, uh, last thing on the RSAs, next year, expect to see some interesting stuff. Uh, apparently, Utah is going to go to a multi-thing where they still have a regional broadcaster, but they're also going to be streaming on somebody's app. Yeah, so, and I don't know. I don't know if you've run into this. Um, I've heard a little bit about it now that the Rangers have started. Where sometimes because of the the cluster F that's going on with all the Sinclair and all those other ones, yeah, where like the Rangers people who paid for three different services, whether it be um like YouTube TV, MLB at bat, or uh, oh my god, what we were just talking about. Like alleys, but it will be. But they were they were finding the game blacked out on all three at the same time. Wow! So people haven't been able to watch some of that. Um, and I know Mavericks fans have been having a really tough time with alleys over the last couple well, of years. Apparently, Denver is the worst market. Apparently, Denver like is so limited that they barely can watch the Nuggets at all, and they've barely been able to do so since the entire Nikola Jokic MVP run. Well, that's so not in this day and age that that's still even remotely a thing. Well, hopefully the next year will be the start. And um, also, they're still getting paid. They still believe they're getting paid by Sinclair. Um, they don't know if that's going to stop or if it's not. Or not Sinclair. I think it's a different company. Whatever. Whoever Bally's a partner company. That's Sinclair, yeah. Um, so, yeah. They're, they're expecting the money to still be coming. So, I don't think that's going to cut into it. But that could always change some things about the money. But since I admitted it from this part of CBA talk, it doesn't matter. Um, if you're trying to project the salary cap next year, good luck on that. And uh, you're going to need to know that information. So go look that up. Um, anyway, yes, RS, uh, RSA issue will be interesting. Like I said, hopefully next year we'll start mm-hmm. seeing some teams try some things and we start to see what the future looks like. And then, of course, at some point within the next year, the NBA is going to announce who's going to get the new deal. Um, so we'll see how that goes. Um, positionless all NBA, probably the biggest win for your boy. Um, I don't give a shit about a, a lot of the awards, to be honest. All NBA is probably the one that matters the most to me. It's probably the only thing I care about, um, when it comes to like seasonal awards. Uh, it's the only thing I really want to nitpick and be really anal about when it comes to how these votes come through. Um, so making it positionless is so like that has just been needing to happen for almost a decade and we finally got it. Um, there's also going to be a 65 games played cap for most of the regular season awards, um, though there will be some conditions that are not public at the moment, and I'm sure will be quite a fun gray area as the NBA likes to to do. Um, so we'll see who gets to finagle themselves around that 65 game games played window and who doesn't. <clears throat> Um, combine medicals for all the lottery teams. This is one you guys probably don't know a lot about, but it is a very historic practice, uh, even as far as a Kobe Bean Bryant um, getting himself all the way to the uh, Hornets to traded him to the Lakers um, through his agent by basically, you know, telling all the other teams not to get involved in his business or not giving them medicals. And a lot of people did it after Kobe. And so it had always sort of been a thing where 
players would start to try to game where they can go by not giving medicals to certain teams. I think the Kings ended up, this is probably a Kings rule, if I'm being honest. I think the Kings ended up bitching about it a couple times within the last five years um, where players just weren't, like lottery picks just weren't sharing their medicals with them. Um, which is kind of funny, but also at the same time, you get where that needed to get put into the place. So that's now a rule. Um, it's just going to be a certain group of kids. I don't know if it's like 20 kids. So the lottery's 14 teams. Um, I don't know if it's going to be 20 kids that you get the medicals on for the 14 teams. I don't know. We'll see. Um, and then the last thing that's very minor, it like uh, Madden and 2K style, you got to spend a certain amount of points on certain prospects. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Exactly. I mean, they'll try to make them a little easier on them. Um, like I said, that was just a really goofy little minutia that's always been sort of used. That's interesting to see finally go away. Um, and then the players got more BRI, which doesn't mean anything to you or I. But it's a huge motherfucking deal to all of those guys. What does that stand for? That is basketball related income. Mm. So anytime, okay. anytime HBO makes a document or makes a. a you know, makes a new season of that winning time, everybody's getting a cut. You know, or, you know, basically anything that has the logo. Right. Any anything NBA that's got product. Jerry West. Any <laughs> official NBA product. Yeah, except for Jerry doesn't get any of the money. <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah, of course he doesn't. Yeah. Um, hey. No, none of those people voicing AIs are getting paid very well for that either, I don't think. True, true. Um, but yeah, so those are the quick notes. I don't know if any of those things catch you guys' uh, eyes, but those are definitely not any of the major points. Those are just the little things that are interesting. <clears throat> the first major... Um, or go ahead. Yeah, okay, go ahead. I was going to say, I might have something, but it'll probably relate more to whatever the next few things are. So Yeah, the next ones are much, much bigger. Well, there's another one maybe a little, diff- little bit different, but um, I did want to make it its own thing in case you want to talk about it a little more or have more questions on it. Um, so the first one we'll get to is the goofier one, the fun one, the one that probably everyone's going to make fun of a lot and bitch about, but will probably end up being really smooth and kind of cool and like doesn't really hurt anything, just like its predecessor. Um, the mid-season tournament is official. Um, all it needs is a whistle and a bitch named Crystal. Um, so when, when you say it's official, does that mean it's been like crafted or just the fact that they're going to have one? Yeah, official? so it's built. Well, so I guess they, I don't know that they actually released the full details of it yet, but it is official as far as I think starting next season. Um, it'll be right before Christmas. <clears throat> Everybody plays for a $500,000 pot like individually. Oh, which that's is, not that's not bad at all. Which doesn't sound a lot, obviously, to the players, but this also goes for the coaches and everybody else, too. So I think that's low-key the right way to do it because it's hard to get the players to care about the money now when it's that small, you know, quote-unquote small. Um, But because that'll also have an impact on the coaches and the assistants and everything else, um, maybe that helps a little bit. Um, It's it's 500K per player on the team, right? Yeah, and then I believe the same is, for the staff. Does that include players that are uh, relegated to the the G League that are technically part of the team? Probably, yeah, probably so. And actually, there's more to that too. I mean, I I assume because I you'll assume have like end of the bench submit, guys and those guys are going to care more about that five hundred thousand dollars. You'll have to you'll have to submit a roster before the tournament of who's on the tournament roster. Not necessarily. I get a cup. You don't think that's how that would work, like a playoff roster? 
It, they might make a, do, a new deadline. I get what you're saying. They might. But this is primarily built into the season. From what I understand, there's only going to be one extra game played. So two teams will play 83 games next season. And that's it. It's, okay, so then how exactly does well, this tournament the even tur- work? The tournament, yeah. It is, is it works. What's the setup of this? Built, is it built so it's like, built like pause it, the season? No, it's built into the season. It's built into the season. They're going to start a certain period from whenever, I guess, if it's before Christmas, maybe mid-November. They're going to start, you know, everything's in account towards this tournament, and then we'll play for that. They'll get that out. Apparently, there's going to be a Final Four in Vegas, but I don't understand how the Final Four and only one extra game played. But that's what Woj said, so I don't know if Woj is tripping or what. But it's Woj, so like I kind of have to believe it. But it's also like maybe he just misunderstood because we don't have the official details. So I don't know. Yeah, there's a lot to yeah, still lots to iron out with that. I'm sure. But that's the big thing. Um, it that it's just going to be for a cash purse. Uh, there's no draft name picks it? or anything goofy or. Um, yeah, there's no other incentives. Uh, hopefully, it'll be fun. I don't know. Like I said, I think it's just going to be something to change the monotony and ultimately we'll probably get laughed at quite a bit, even maybe in the moment, but probably won't be too much of a negative. And of course they're going to look they, at it as a revenue generator. They name it yet? No, but it's probably going to be the Stern Cup. I think that's almost a, a given at this point. Um, cool. Yeah, that's pretty much it. I mean, like, the midseason tournament's cool. Like, it, that's why... They don't want to name it after five. Yao Ming. <laughs> yeah, well, I think Stern obviously I mean, has he, a... Yao Ming might be more responsible for a lot of money the NBA has now than not a lot of other people. Not David Stern. Not the man who shamelessly said that I'm going to... I'm going to publicly use America's racism against itself to sell basketball. <laughs> <laughs> Man, that rest, rest in peace, Game David Stern. Real. You, you, you literally did everything for us, even if some of it was a little questionable. <laughs> More than a little questionable. <laughs> um, uh, what's it called? So that's it with the mid-season tournament. We'll kind of brush past that one. Like I said, it's not that interesting, but it's kind of cool. Obviously worth noting because it's a pretty big change. Um. The next thing that maybe this is what you were going to have a conversation with me about, um, the players are allowed to invest a little bit further than they used to be able to invest. Um, they now can invest in weed companies, gambling companies, and even their own teams. But how, you might ask? Only through a third party that is vetted through the NBA Players Association, which owns multiple stakes in multiple franchises. So technically, they would not be part owners of any single franchise. They're just buying it. I basically call this a LeBron James rule because this is probably hit the first person who's really going to fully utilize this. He already basically has, but I guess he just obviously hasn't owned any part of a basketball team, um, and now he will uh, for whatever you know through one of these third parties, I'm sure, and then everyone else that that you know all the next guys who have made. Those that type of money with the shoes and the contracts eventually try to buy it into a team and whatnot after they retire. <clears throat> Part of the idea of doing that 
was they wanted to give the players a bonus for like when things like the Robert Sarver incident happens, the Phoenix Suns players would get a share of the sell price because they would have equity in the team. That's something the players sure. have been wanting to push for a while. Um, okay, okay. And so they, they didn't quite get there because, let's be honest, that would be a really hard thing to regulate and could get weird. Like It's complicated, especially with guys changing teams all the time. It's, yeah. Well, yeah, that's it, literally, I mean, that was what everyone was laughing about. It's like, so what are the Mavericks going to offer Luka, like, a, se- a section of the team? Is LeBron's going to take a... 85% of the ownership. LeBron's taking a vet men to play for somebody, or play for the Lakers, and then they're just going to uh, give him whatever equity share. Right, cap <laughs> circumnavigation, yeah. So so that's the that's the one thing, but it doesn't seem like that's going to be a possibility. That that's just well, us kind of getting Bomber could away offer people Ballmer. ownership in his new stadium. Yeah, Bomber would have every player. <laughs> He'd have dude signing thirteenth <laughs> <13th> player. <laughs> like you need a new towel boy, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, so those are the that's the other little major change. Um, the next one is going to be the last little one, and then we're going to get into. The big, big stuff. <clears throat> the last little note here is cap smoothing is going to be an additional 10% each season. Cap smoothing is going to be basically what they're putting in place to prevent what happened in 2016 when Kevin Durant famously signed with the Warriors, though I would like to make it noted that it's really Luol Deng and Timothy Moskov's contracts with the Los Angeles Lakers that we should all remember from that offseason than anything else that I mean, Luolding just came off the books from them like last year. That's how bad that contract can you, was. Can you try to explain cap smoothing? I think I've asked you this before, but so yeah, it's, it's so it's like I said. So um, I actually just heard them talk about the numbers, so I might have a ballpark in my head. In 2016, the new TV deal came in. Everyone got like twenty to thirty million dollars extra on, in the off season. The Warriors were able to use that to fit. Into, into their roster because of some of the extensions they had signed uh, to Curry and everything. And then um, everyone else just spent on crazy money. Like, we just ended up blowing. There was just $20 million contracts to scrub players left and right. Like, 90% of these contracts ended up being complete albatross contracts. Like, completely tanked people's so, teams. All that. So, cast smoothing is just when there's more TV money that's going to raise the cap next year, you get to use some extra money. So basically instead of giving it all at one time, they are going to take that boost and they're going to divide it into the next few seasons to smooth it into the transition. Okay. Got it. So save teams from themselves, which is basically the way I would, I would read this whole CBA change. Like guys, we haven't even got into the the nitty gritty of of the team building stuff. Basically, the if you want to highlight the CBA, it's it's we don't trust ourselves, and the majority of us are cheap as hell, and we don't like how much some of y'all are spending. Like the, there is owner beef hidden in the text of what happened in this in the changes of the CBA. Uh, that should definitely be understood. Like there is a bit of a, a class war going on in the NBA ownership, and it's kind of funny to watch. Yeah, I feel like that um, class war has been around for a long time, though. But just it has been to some extent. But now we're now we're starting to see it in the legislature, you know, in the legislation. <clears throat> um, but anyway, so it's uh, up ten percent each year. 
Next year, it's supposed to be up 8% already. So, and I didn't write a ton of this down because I wanted to get rid of the numbers. But I did want to just put this on everyone's radar, especially fans, especially if your team um, might have traded for a superstar midseason but then forgot that it didn't have a defense behind its other superstar as well. And you're looking to retool. This is going to be an interesting offseason because it looks like there's going to be a little bit more money in this offseason than the next few when they smooth, continue to smooth. And it looks like they're going to change some of these rules that I'm about to announce. They're going to, they're going to have some of those be retroactive as far as letting people get their books together and then these changes will come into place. So this might be a small little window for a few teams to finagle and get some deals done and maybe get some fluky signings that wouldn't normally happen um, moving forward. That's interesting. So I just some, of the reaction, some of the reaction I heard today was how bad this CBA <laughs> is for the Mavericks specifically, but I didn't really understand enough to know why that would be. Well, I'm concerned with... I guess I would have to hear it. I don't want to shit talk people. I don't know what their I don't know what their opinions are fully, but I would disagree to some extent. It would it would definitely hurt the Mavericks in the way they've been building. Uh, it does not necessarily hurt the Mavericks in the way they could build for the future, though. Uh, maybe that's the way I would put it. Yeah, maybe that's what they're saying <clears throat> is just based off Cuban's track record. Sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Yes, I would agree. Based off of the way that Mark Cuban has dealt in the past, I would agree. This CBA sort of seems like it's being like, hey, not just Mark Cuban, but like specifically Mark Cuban, start fucking scouting people. Like, because honestly, I don't think, I think the Mavericks, are, I don't, I don't, I don't want to get into that, but I, I think the Mavericks seriously lack basketball people, like for real basketball people, not just Mark. Like, I think they have a just terrible, terrible basketball culture of people who actually give a shit about the game and know what talent looks like. And care about. I think there's nepotism. I think there's a lot of it involved. Anyway, I'm not going to get into that wormhole. <clears throat> what I say is, you you should have been doing this around Luca. Now the CBA says you should do it because you're going to be rewarded. Um, Draymond Green also had some some things that he had to say that were negative in a pushback. I don't know if y'all saw that. Uh, I did not. No, did not. <clears throat> so Draymond basically just got mad because he was like. Well, you know, we drafted everybody so we couldn't, like, you know, this is against the Warriors. We're never going to have another dynasty again. That's wild. Like, to read that and to, to get that interpretation is a little concerning. All respect due to Draymond Green. First of all, it only really impacts the luxury tax teams from adding players outside of their own roster. If you draft players... Yeah, exactly. If you draft players and if you draft well and re-sign them, this CBA is your best friend. People are calling this the Oklahoma City Thunder CBA. If that helps you guys understand what we're about to get into. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that yeah, that's definitely kind of brings it into a more uh palpable way of understanding. Exactly. And, I, and don't worry, I got a pros and cons list here for you guys to make it a little bit easier. You might want to explain that for anyone who doesn't know what that means. Which, uh, what part? The Oklahoma, Oklahoma City, City part. part. Oh, the, so essentially you know, Oklahoma City, you know, you're not going to get a whole lot of superstars there. They even tried it with Paul George coming to join Russ at the end, and they just kind of punted on that and said, fuck it, we're drafting people. Now I call them the super soldier program because they just keep drafting all these freaks and trying to you know turn them into super soldiers. Um, which is kind of working. 
And if they are successful, they will be able to retain said players very easily and build the potential dynasty that Draymond Green said is not possible. So, oops. Um, Yeah. Well, you know, I get what he was saying. He was just mad because his team wouldn't be able to sign Dante DiVincenzo, and they needed a Dante DiVincenzo this year, you know? I get what he's saying. And there is some some concern I have, too. Um, But we'll get to that in the cons. We're going to start with the positives here. So this is all team building stuff. These are all changes to team building. Uh, the pros, multiple rookies on supermax deals is fine. Um, this is a little minute rule that you guys might not remember very well. Um, but when Donovan Mitchell was being shopped around, there was a bunch of teams that literally couldn't trade for him unless they traded certain players, which then it didn't make sense because you'd want to pair these players. And it was because they would have been under that same uh, rookie supermax extension rule where you couldn't have multi, like multiple guys on the same roster. This was a rule that I believe was put into play after the Heatles formed to essentially keep people from doing the Heatles thing again. Um, so that is gone. That's abolished. This is important for the Cleveland Cavaliers because now they'll be able to retain. Um, so in the old CBA, if Cleveland continued to be good and continued to develop, they would have had to make a decision to get rid of Evan Mobley, essentially, because they would not legally be able to allow to give him the money he deserves, even because they have Garland and uh, Mitchell already on those rookie supermaxes. Um, so that was a big deal for them, and it was a pretty smart rule that obviously had just aged out from its intended purpose. Um, Caesar kind of mentioned this a little bit earlier. There is now a third two-way contract on every roster. Um, this is in part to start building some sort of semblance of a farm system and to help promote the G League as far as keeping guys on G League rosters longer, um, keeping fans to actually care about who's in their local market. You know, something that when I was around uh, the Legends a lot, it was something really important to me. I was like, you know, keep this guy. He's really good. And hey, the guy that I wanted to keep just won G League MVP this year. I wonder who was right. And he's not a Texas legend anymore. But I digress. Um, uh, this could end up leading to a lot of open slots as well. Unfortunately, like teams could just end up not using this. And there's already been a lot of teams this season kind of not using their second two way. Um, so we'll see if that continues, but a third two way contract has been added. Um, the, uh, increase to extension offers is an interesting one. I put this on a pros, even though some people don't think it is. So this is particularly for a Jalen Brown. So the Celtics have to do a new deal with uh, Jalen soon. And uh, under the old CBA, they would only be able to offer him 120% increase on his last salary. They now can offer him 140% increase on his salary. Um, There's some other stuff that goes into that when it comes to the best players because um, they are the awards like help get them into different tiers of money that other players can't get into unless they're a part of the awards conversations. Um, so essentially, um, this really probably only helps really maybe resign some of your role players as well. Um, but it's an increase, so it should be a positive, at least for teams trying to resign because they get to do better now. Um, there is a luxury tax decrease on players that you resign that you drafted. Um, and this is basically what I'm kind of getting back at Oklahoma City point. So if this was the Warriors um, situation, 
the Warriors would have had all of their players for the, like most of their core would be they would be getting discounts on the luxury tax that they're paying historic amounts on right now um, because of that. So they would they would get a decrease for Curry, Clay, Draymond, Looney, um, Poole, all of them, right? Um, so that would be um, that's kind of where that comes into play. Um, it, I don't know that this really matters a ton because all the the other thing that I'm going to bring up with the with the luxury tax and the and the highest tax uh, payer you can be that has changed quite a lot, um, maybe arguably for the negative. Um, and uh, so this luxury tax penalty probably just helps all the teams that are cheap throughout the regular season. So like, if I'm bad and I know I'm bad and I'm so I'll be intentionally cheap and keep my roster cheap so I can pay for it all as I try to build. Um, now at least you can go and get a little more competitive every season to at least, you know, put asses in the seats and give somebody something to watch a little bit better than running out a bunch of no names to tank. Right. Um, the next one, uh, restricted free agent qualifying offer has gone up and the match day is only one. I don't think this would really have changed a lot in like the Jalen Brunson situation necessarily, but it would give less time, I guess, theoretically. I mean, this one's a kind of a funny rule because it's, you know, one one match day is is fine. You know, it was two before, but it's like if we're using the Jalen Brunson situation as the example, which is kind of the perfect and most recent one, it, I don't think that, you know, maybe Mark Cuban's uh, – and I know Mark Cuban agrees with me. I think that maybe that deal with the Knicks was done way before that match day ever came. Yeah, he needed about <laughs> negative 70 match days. <laughs> <laughs> so that one doesn't matter a ton. I think the good news is at least the qualifying offer that the teams give is bigger. So it at least makes it a little bit more difficult for teams to come in and, and do this stuff. So we'll see how much that one actually they, ends out. Did they implement a rule <laughs> about hiring an opposing team's player's dad, godfather? Uh. <laughs> oh, no. I, honestly, I should have put tampering on the other list of things that they just completely ignored, like the plague. <laughs> They're like, yeah, well, I mean, we're not going to do this. Right? It's basically impossible, so that's why it's just like stop acting like it's a rule. Well, yes, I agree. Yeah, I think that's you're you're right on that. Stop penalizing people for something you clearly don't want to actually punish. Just um, arbitrarily throwing out punishment on the yeah. the second round picks, and then, but well, and it doesn't matter as much now because now there's a second round exception for every team, and this is actually I think people are going to call this the Los Angeles Laker rule. Because since Rob Polinka has gotten there, he does this thing, and he's really successful now. You have Caruso, Reeves. Um, who knows if they've got a couple other second seconds that haven't really played a lot that are going to pan out. But they've been really good at drafting and getting uh, value in the second round. But what they've been doing is they've been signing these players into their like mid-level exceptions, into their into what this free agency exception you get every year. And really, it's just a way of being kind of cheap. It's good for the player. It's like good for it's good for him to be able to bring in these high value second round picks or whatever that have just kind of skipped through. You know, basically, it helps make the Lakers the first priority for anybody who didn't get drafted or who's late in the second round. Right? I get where there's a um, strategy there, but really, it was also just part of him being cheap and helping his owner be cheap. So it seems like that rule came down, and they're like, "All right, now you guys can't do that bullshit anymore. Please spend your money." So I thought that was funny. Um, 
but it is a good rule otherwise. Like it's going to be good for a lot of people. It was just really funny that it also seemed to be directly pointed at the Lakers based off the wording that it came out and the fact that this has been sort of a recent trend that only really they've been doing. Um, then on piggybacking off of that, um, I'll explain this a little bit. So each offseason, there are three different levels of tax-paying team, right? There is a, you have a room, you have a mid-level, and you have a taxpayer exception, right? These three different exceptions. The room is for anybody who's under the cap. So like San Antonio this year, right? Yeah. The mid-level would be for anybody who's skating around the middle, which is, I believe is like Chicago probably if I'm off the top of my head. Or maybe Washington is the best example. Somebody who's around the middle there, they would have a mid-level exception, which is going to be slightly bigger than the taxpayer mid-level exception, which is really small. And that's like what the Warriors got Dante DiVincenzo this year on. Um, the Lakers signed fucking Lonnie Walker with it. Um, the Celtics signed Danilo Gallinari and he got hurt. Like, you know, that's basically what it is. It's, it's bringing a free agent. Where we've got way too, you know, we've got no salary cap, but this is our way of adding one player. Um, that rule has gotten quite a big change. So it used to be just like I explained it. Very simple. Very, you get this at free agency, you use it or you don't. Now, if you don't use it, it's part of your your trade packages, essentially. So now, if in the middle of the season, I want to use that, let's say it's a $10 million um, trade ship, I can add that into a trade and then bring in that player with $10 million without giving up the salary to match it correctly. So that's a nice little interesting wrinkle that I think will probably be really popular with the teams and probably end up being like kind of fun and maybe a little bit of a way for people to skirt some of the harder restrictions that have come into place this year as well, or this change as well. Does that confuse you guys at all? You kind of understand what I'm saying? Where it's just, oh, I get essentially it. I, it's a free agent. Yeah. It gives me a little tired head, but I think I got it. Yeah, yeah, that one was always going to be dense, but I tried to give you the nuts and bolts. It gets way more dense if I tell you the actual numbers and all of the little blah from that. That's basically as, as bare bones as I can get it to be. Um, and then um, this is the other thing that makes me confused about the Ma- this being a negative for the Mavericks. It actually does include better re- um, re-signing rules for players you've acquired via trade. The rules previously did not do that, where, you, where the Mavericks actually would not be able to offer Kyrie that much more. The only reason really because they had his bird rights in this deal. Now they'd be able to offer him quite a nice package compared to the Lakers or the Suns or whoever else has been rumored to suit him. Um, Is this one of those things that's going in immediately? Right. This would be one of the ones I would anticipate going in quickly. Honestly, a good chunk of these would probably come in very quickly to allow teams to start to get used to the new normal. Um, So those are all the pros. They're all kind of weird. Some of them are minute. Some of them we may not, it'll maybe take a lot of time for us to really see if they'll pay off or not. is there anything else you want to expand on? Because really, the cons are where we want to, where we're going to want to talk about this, and, and I want to hit y'all's feedback because this is a wild one. Like what they've changed, what they what they did to the to the rich teams is it, it's pretty funny, guys. I'm not gonna lie. I'm down to dive right in on that. I didn't have anything else. Yeah, no. Let's get straight into the into the thick of it. <laughs> it's wild, man. Okay, so here it is. Um, right now I'm calling it the harder soft cap. 
or the soft harder, the soft hard cap is what it is. I wrote it wrong. It's a soft hard cap is, is the way they're looking at it, <clears throat> where it's not the hard, hard cap that would bring in a bunch of vet minimum contracts, even though there are fears that that'll happen more now and the middle class of the NBA will start to dissolve. Um, so here's the, the final band. Like I said, I just told you there's three different tiers you can kind of be in, right? You can be under the cap. You can be right about it at that mid-level exception tier, and then you're at the luxury tax tier. And once you're at that final tier now, these are the restrictions you will have. You will not have your, your taxpayer mid-level exception. So what I just explained, you will not have that anymore. The Golden State Warriors will not be able to sign Dante DiVincenzo. The Boston Celtics will not be able to sign Danilo Gallinari, blah, 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 right? Which I do really think is a big blow. I mean, I don't think it's that big a deal to, for a good team to offer a player who's in kind of a weird spot in their career that is talented and useful, a one-year prove-it deal that works for both sides and isn't worth that much money, but whatever. Um, you are not allowed to trade cash in deals. So where we used to see people buy, uh, buying second-round picks, Golden State Warriors and the Boston Celtics, and uh, I think the Brooklyn Nets are out of it. The Clippers. Clippers are the other team. So it's the Clippers, the, uh, the three teams that are currently um, – being looked at the hardest to see how they're going to react to this. Um, you have a uh, harsher salary matching in trades. So I think there's like a, like $2 million give when it comes to trade uh, salary matching. Um, this will be much harder specifically. We don't know, but it'll be much harder for those teams. They won't be able to buy out. Meaning, what, sorry. So, so they're like, upping the amount that a team trying to get offload a bigger contract will have to keep on. Their so cap. they, so they would have to. So they couldn't take more money in um, already. They they can't take more money on, which is something they could do before. And it's gotten to the point where they have to be even closer in the salary matching than other teams would be. So there's not even a wiggle room. So they, okay. it's going to basically make their trades very difficult. Um, no buyout guys. So anybody who gets Russell Westbrook can't be a Clipper in this world. No. Um, no buyouts? No buyouts for these teams. Just And I don't know how they're going to write this into the rules. I'm what? sure the, law, the lawyers will get to doing the Birdman hand rub and get and get on it. But, um, yeah, no buyout guys, which is pretty wild because I don't think there's been but one buyout guy who actually changed the trajectory of a championship so far in, like, 20 years. So crazy that that one got put in. But um, maybe there's something – Teams are fearing maybe the Russell Westbrook thing freaked him out. I don't know. It's a weird one. Um, um, and then finally, they'll have more restrictions on their first-round picks. So um, let's say the Clippers were the ones who made the deal for Rudy Gobert. And instead of all of their picks being in Oklahoma City, as they currently are, they have them. Or let's say Minnesota was a tax-paying team. I mean, that makes it easier. If Minnesota was a tax-paying team, and part of this, and they made the, they would not be able to make the Rudy Gobert trade with five first round picks. They would only be able to use three. Okay. Okay. So, so. basically, we're hard, we're handicapping the fuck out of the rich teams. <laughs> is how you should read the CBA. Um, the final note before we can just kind of talk about it and get your initial reactions to that pretty big change. Um, this may not go into effect until the 25-26 season. Um, 
because of how radical it is. They there seems to be thought to give it two seasons for everyone to get their books right before they officially make it a rule. Hmm. Yeah. No, I'm, I'm just taking all this in, and this is this is a this almost feels. Is it is it right to say this is kind of radical change for how the entire league is going to Massive. work going forward? Like, dude, it's it's just so much to take in, but like, damn, that's gonna change how everything is, how everything is built, like how teams are built, and how you're going to negotiate going further. And I don't mm-hmm. know if it's just a if it is just a like a an attack on the on the rich teams, or it's just a way to create more parity or balance things out or sustain balance throughout the league. But man, it's wild just to hear all that. I think you're going to hear a lot of people use the excuse that it's for parity's sake, but I think the reality is that it's a lot of cheap owners bringing in the new blood. Because think about it. I mean, the Lakers bought into the Warriors, um, when was it? The late 2000s or something like that? Yeah. Um, maybe. Pretty recent. Um, Balmer was obviously the last decade. Psy uh, was the last decade. Um, so I get where they're they're freaking out at. Um, also, at wonder day, how many of these how many of these rules you know are they looking long term? If you know, if we're about to add forty eight more roster spots across the league over the next ten to fifteen years, mm-hmm. what do you do to keep those teams competitive or with a chance to be competitive with thirty four teams? I do, I do think a lot of it is, that's the hard part, is that we're not thinking about an NBA with 34 teams, and I bet they are. I do. Um, because, like I said, that was where it made sense to me that this isn't a, uh, that this hard, soft cap, or this softer hard cap um, is going to come into place for a couple of years, because um, it is a radical change. But I do think it's mostly a good one. I just think that to be honest, I think some of this is going to get amended before the end of the CBA. Because I just, I'm, I'm a little baffled by the no buyouts. Or just the, the, the fact that they felt so many restrictions need to be put into place when the teams that have been spending all this money have barely got anything out of it. I mean, the only teams that have spent money and won titles have Steph Curry and LeBron James on. So I, I'm just, I guess that's where I'm a little, I, I really feel like this is just a lot of cheap owners standing up for themselves more than anything else. <laughs> um, uh, you know, it kind of sounds like it. <clears throat> yeah, I mean, I really do. I really think that that was, that there was a threat of the Steinbrenner Yankees on somebody's mind, even though I still think that's pretty, pretty laughable in basketball. Um you know, obviously it did happen in the 60s, but that was a much different conversation. Um, so I don't know. Um, there's another couple of things that I was going to point out. Um, so I already said there might be a lot of vetmans. There might be a worry about there being no middle class. Um, there's also a worry that ballooning salaries to turn them into trade fodder might be a more common theme. Um, we've already kind of seen that, like, to be honest, uh, not that Dorian Finney-Smith or Maxi Klebo aren't worthy of their deals, or D- Dwight Powell. Those deals were all kind of signed, knowing that they could be trade pieces. Setting aside the polarity that most of those guys are 
considered basically untradeable until they finally did with Dorian. Um, but that was essentially the thought, was that maybe these guys are getting a slight pay increase of what they actually give you, but that makes them a more tradable piece into a, to acquire a Kawhi, uh, Kawhi, Kyrie Irving, right? So um, we'll see if we end up seeing more balloon salaries. Um, Keith Smith, who I had shouted out earlier, was one of the people I listened to a lot on breaking this down. He mentioned that we could be seeing more $30 million a year contracts than ever soon and that the annual salary will probably be about $15 million. So some of those numbers are pretty crazy to start thinking about. <clears throat> I'm all about it, though. Like, it, but these, I, I like these changes. I, it does freshen the league up, and it does create more interest in the nitty-gritty, and it gives us a lot more to talk about, too, in the offseason. And also, like, when we get the trade deadline. And also, it'd be really cool to stop listening to people talk about how much players move in the NBA compared to other sports when I feel like it's probably not as radically different as it actually I mean, baseball's like, wild, but it's a whole different whole different thing yeah, with minor know, leagues and stuff. Also just, but we're finally like around a lot. Baseball at this point. And the NFL, but, most uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's cornerstone players that'll save somewhere a long time in the NFL, but even then, they usually end up on a different team for another couple of years at the end. I'm telling you, bro. Bean and Duncan just fucking ruined it for everybody. <laughs> for real, Dirk. bro. They, and, and Dirk. I'm sorry. I shouldn't have forgot Dirk in that. Steph's All three of them. Too. Yeah, Steph will probably do it. I hope Steph does well, I it, but I don't know. I would have thought D-Wade was going to do it. So. <laughs> yeah, that's... I can't see Steph leaving the Warriors, by the way. Well, the thing is, is the that is a similar one, too, where the where the franchise would be smarter than, you know, outsmart themselves by dumping their their best player, even though Dwayne I mean, Wade different. Dwayne was injured. Stars, we'll it all, it's still a weird bit with the Stars and Mike Pandano, how that all ended. He went and played for Detroit. That was gross. Yeah, you never want that. You never want Emmett that. Emmett Smith, even, going to the car. Yeah, Emmett, Emmett, it's a perfect one. I mean, shit, dude, even, like, even though it was the most logical thing in the world for the Cowboys to move on from Zeke, it's still like Damn it! This hurts, and this isn't fun. We don't like this oh, I mean, part of sports. They would have happily <laughs> kept him if he would have, you know, happily taken the biggest pay cut of all time. <laughs> exactly, exactly. You know what I mean? Like it's just one of those things where you're like, damn, you like, you know, it is business is business, but you're like, yeah, ah, damn it, I hate business sometimes. Yep, let's have thoughts about moving on from Michael Young and Ian Kinsler. Yep. Yeah. Fuck, I forgot Michael Young played for the Phillies, too, before he dipped out, too, right? right? Yeah. It happens. Tried to go get a ring. He did try. He did. Yeah, I mean, that's pretty much it um, for the CBA. Um, we can we can kind of get a little, little quick one-off on maybe burying some teams. I don't care about the playoffs yet. But I'm actually just now looking at my phone to see who won tonight and if it matters. Um so I'll bury some teams if you guys want to bury. Some, you know, we we have one team. We'll definitely. I mean, now they're not buried yet, but they should be. Math, mathematically, yeah. I just want to bury the Orlando Magic. Um, I'm really mad that I have to continue to watch the Chicago Bulls play basketball. Um, <laughs> nothing makes me sadder in my life, but I do want to shout the Magic for continuing to at least win games and do their part. Um, unfortunately, they just couldn't catch up to how bad they started the season. And now we've got to watch uh, Miami, Atlanta, Toronto, and Chicago in the 
beast to play in. God, you you want to talk about that? Let's let's talk about a team that needs to be buried, but they keep trying despite the fact that they should be tanking. I want to see them roll up on a World War Two era tank. Cheat the Mavs, bro. What are y'all doing? You're in perfect position okay. to go get a top ten pick. So here's the only right. here's the only thing. Here's the only thing. They're not in the perfect position, but I get a lottery saying. pick. Well, I get what you're saying. So yes, it has like, to I'd be rather top have the possibility. <clears throat> yeah, like I, right. I want the, at least the possibility is there. Well, just remember if they lose, that, right? If they were to lose out. Well, just remember record wise, the Rockets, the Spurs, the Trailblazers, the Jazz. Most likely, I think the Jazz still technically could, but the Jazz most likely, the Pistons, the Hornets, the Magic, the Wizards, and the Pacers. Pacers, so, yeah. So all all nine of those teams are gonna definitely most likely finish with worse records than you. Oklahoma City, Oklahoma City, and Chicago could finish similarly. And it doesn't matter if you make it to the play-in. Once you're eliminated from the play-in, you're back to being a lottery team. Listen, I just want the possibility. Yeah, no, I understand the technicality. And I also understand one thing. Watching the Dallas Mavericks play basketball this season has been like just standing on a bed of nails. You think it's finally going to be over. And they're like, hey, you know. And then you just keep getting worse and worse. I keep seeing these Dallas Mavericks team just have no concept of what team defense is. I keep seeing Luka do the same thing he's been doing all year. If he's not putting 30 points up in a W, he is complaining his ass off. You know what? He's complaining his ass off regardless. Bro, I I was really hoping that the the Sacramento Kings last night could just finally bury this team alive. Just like, fuck it. Just put me out of my misery. I can't keep watching this team try to fight for a playoff spot knowing damn well that even if they make it into the play-in and make it past it, they're just going to get buried by whoever they play in the first round. Like they just don't have yeah, anybody who can will. stop anybody. I, I predict this, dude. If the Dallas Mavericks team were to play against itself, right, it would be the highest scoring affair of all time. <laughs> a 200 points against 199. That's that's what it would be. This this team could put up a historic number of points on itself, but sadly well, they have to play against everybody else, and I everybody else has to put up historic was, numbers on their defense. The way I heard it put was, if you could fog a mirror, you could get twenty on the Mavericks. Well, I, <laughs> you know how like you see some NFL players thinking that they could put up like double digit points every once in a while in the offseason. Like, yeah, I could. I can hoop. I could. I could be in the NBA if I wanted to be. I honestly believe like an NFL player could just put up t- ten points off the bench on this Mavericks team. Just, just, just cut just, in the lane every time. Exactly. Just drive to the hoop. And I don't want to hear a Mavs fan talk about, oh, they should have played Javale McGee more, or oh, Christian Wood needs to have more minutes. They no, no, because they're both not good. They haven't been good. And don't let these flash-in-the-pan performances fool you. Uh, they are not worthy of minutes on uh, on this team. But this team doesn't have anybody else to play, so they have to play. Luka's the makeup that makes a really questionable roster look 
at least you know now now it's luke and Kyrie. god which you know at this point like hey congrats you get you have Kyrie. you're gonna you have the best position to retain him but i believe what i heard build around this team today i believe i heard today this will only be the third time in the last 30 years that a team with an uh all nba player won't make the playoffs not surprising, man. It's not surprising. Have you watched yeah, Dallas Mavericks basketball? You have, and it's not good, man. Th- this team is just not, they're just not good. They don't have like this 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 team gutted itself because they and if you ask Mark Cuban, it's it's Rick Brunson's fault that this this team had to go and spend out all these all this capital to get Kyrie because they had to give up on Jalen. But dude, yeah, the way know. you build this team, it's just it even if you brought Jalen Brunson back and you didn't gut it out. It it's still flawed. The only thing is you have Dorian Finney Smith and and Spencer Dinwiddie. Like you you're running it back the same way. And here's the thing. You peaked last season. The the absolute peak of that Mavs scene last year was the NFC. I'm sorry, not NFC, sorry, football on the brain, but it was the Western Conference Finals, right? And even then a lot had to go right for them to get into that position. So to run it back, yeah, it was similar. It's it similar not, to the stars making the finals and the bubbles against the Lightning when they absolutely should not have been competing for the Stanley Cup. Yeah, it's kind of a lot of things had to go right, and running it back, yeah, and running it back is just the, was the wrong move. And sure, uh, getting Javale McGee and Preston uh, Wood is not net, technically running it back, but functionally, it's it's almost the exact same mm. team minus Jalen Brunson. And even well, then, it's speaking it wasn't going to. Speaking of these Dallas Stars, I'm going to interrupt real quick. Just say the Stars just beat the Flyers. Minnesota Wild lost, which means the Stars are two games up on the Wild with the tiebreaker. So it's a very good shot. We're at least going to finish second in the division. Beautiful. Nice. Beautiful. Well, I will I will take us towards the end of this because I do need to wrap up with a couple of positives for the Dallas Mavericks. <clears throat> I'm not going to say it's perfect because I know the problem. You guys know the problem. The problem's all over Twitter right now. I don't know if the problem's fixed. Are they, but are they saying kid? I'm not worried Shanks. about Jason Kidd. I, honestly, I think... Yeah, I would be. <laughs> I think, to be honest, I think 95 to maybe 99% of NBA fans have next to no fucking clue the impact of an NBA coach and overrate and underrate it constantly. It is as simple as like, does this locker room like you or not? Because most of the time, I can look at all the teams already. that he's coached, and I can objectively tell you that it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good, but it after doesn't, year two, right? It do, but again, at the end of the day, like you can play those games however you want to, because they can also say, "Well, we gave this bad roster another run, and it failed." But last year, when the roster was where we wanted it, it did this right. So you can play that game. I don't think Jason Kidd's a bad coach necessarily, but I do get the frustration with him. Um, um, so I'm not saying he isn't eventually the scapegoat, but I'm not surprised to find out. I he's guess maybe coach maybe I, it might have to do with the the staff underneath him. Of <clears throat> I don't know, and I don't know who actually makes those decisions. If he's allowed, well, he does have a great autonomy, staff. or if Harrison. Well, I mean, you mentioned earlier you you're concerned about if their staff. Their basketball, the basketball IQ of the staff. I mean, well, the, I think I it's the, the the scouting scouts. department. Yeah, I'm at the scouting department. I, not yeah, the coaching staff. From, I think they've got a great yeah. coaching staff. I, I think their scouting department is embarrassing. 
and that's why they're scared to draft. Okay. So, some people might uh, push back on that and just say, "Hey, look at Josh Green, look at Jalen Hardy, Jalen Brunson." Oh, Jaylen we drafted Luka Doncic. Yeah, I know. Yeah, I've heard the Mavericks. The Mavericks drafted Luka Doncic and pretend like they never had to do anything else again. I know. Yeah, I, we've lived it. Oh for no, I'm like aware. Many years. Yeah, but we're also discrediting the other like the small finds. I'm not saying that they're good, right? I'm, a, like, I'm agreeing with you like in that regard. Pieces. Right. Right. I'm just they've, what, what little they've drafted, they've done well in, which is why I'm like, what the fuck. Like, what yeah. is the problem here? What is the problem? We're Tottenham saying, though. Yeah, let's well, not talk about they, those days at the Mavericks front office. Well, they, they they drafted a kid and convinced themselves that they could, that he could just deadlift the franchise to title contention, and that's the embarrassing part. But we'll get past that. Um, Brunson thing is – the Brunson thing exploded in your face because everybody who was smart and knew about basketball and understood the situation knew that regardless of how well Luka and, and Jalen did together, that didn't work. That didn't make sense, especially for what we thought the salary cap would be. Maybe now it makes a little more sense with the salary cap in the future. At the time, it didn't. Jalen Brunson should have been traded to the New York Knicks a year ago, and everybody fucking knows that, and that's Marquis Lewis. Well, and even, even going back before that, they specifically with his rookie contract gave him that earlier out to pay him less. Mm-hmm. So that's just, so, you know, going back even further, they messed themselves up. Thing was never a smart idea. They, they was like they should have got rid of that asset when it was still a part of their asset. He was never going to resign. It was always obvious, and it is what it is at this point. I'm not negative as far as the fact that at the end of the day, this season still culminated with two future or two guys that I think are franchise players under contract. Hopefully, <laughs> hopefully, hopefully. Yeah, that's um, the that's problem. Because if it, we it, will, if it doesn't, if it doesn't end that way, it's going to be a shit show. And you have course. the ability Although to I could, reset. I could see, I could see Kyrie falling for a couple of years of wanting to hang out with Mark Cuban. Yeah, I think I think Kyrie loves it. I think Kyrie. I think people are trying a little too hard to overread a simple situation this I particular think, time. I do think Mark is in a unique position to to appeal to Kyrie. Yes. I think I think Kyrie in Dallas make a lot more sense than people have wanted to realize it. And even I thought about it when it first happened. I was like, oh, that's a cool shot. But the, the more it's gone on, I think that there's a marriage there that really could work for the future. So I, I yeah. think that's the plan. You just get you get these two guys settled down. You have a you have the ability to reset your roster. You can move on from Tim Hardaway. You can move on from Dwight Powell's contract. You can move on from uh, Maxi Kleba's contracts. You know, obviously some of those you have to move yourself, but they're movable contracts um, in any sorts of deal you might be able to find. So if you really want to reset this thing from a personnel standpoint, which I think it's been dying to need to happen. Yeah. Uh, you have the it's ability. long overdue. You know, if they messed up, if they don't get the first round pick, it sucks. But to be honest with you, I don't really know how to use the maps top 10 pick either, because they need a big guy as much as anything. And um, this draft what's the deal with the, isn't that pick, isn't there a chance they don't get that pick depending on where they finish? It's yeah. top 10 protected. So if they get the top 10, they get a top 10 uh, uh, selection on lottery night, they keep the pick. If they don't, it goes to the Knicks. If they do you keep think the pick, they're in a position it's where it's going. just, yeah. Do you think they're in a position where they should just let the Knicks just take it? Just <clears throat> Well, there's two to, sides of the just argument. Just try to start clean. There's two sides of the argument. Um, I would say no. 
I would still take the young player and or trade back from the position you get to get more assets. <clears throat> because I think that's the weird part of Dallas. Is might depend on the draft, right? Yes, and this is a great draft, but unfortunately not necessarily for what the Mavs need unless they win the lottery. <laughs> like literally, unless you get Wimbanyama, and even him, I still am a little interested about how great of a defensive stalwart he'll be even as gaudy as everything seems to be with his size and abilities. Um, you know, I, I just, I think that last year, like, I don't know, I'm, I'm hung up on the fact that they didn't get the perfect center for him last year when he was just sitting there in the draft, you know? So, and last year was a deeper center draft yeah. too. Like if there's ever a year to go up and snag somebody, it was that. So. Well, is there nobody in this draft blast that in, in terms of top 10, at least is competent on the wing defensively? Cause they can also use that. I know they need a Perhaps. Definitely, I, I don't, desperately. I don't, I don't think I've done nearly enough homework on any of these kids to say definitely, but I guess my biggest issue is what I know is deep in the first uh, top 10 picks of this draft are ball handlers and scorers. And I don't know that that's what the Mavericks need with Luca and Kyrie on the roster. You know, maybe a little extra, but if that little extra is already Jaden Hardy, then I really don't. Or Jalen. Is it Jalen or Jaden? I always fuck that up. Uh, Jalen Hardy. Yeah, right. I'm sorry. We even met the guy. He's a nice guy. Jaden Hardy, yeah. Jaden Hardy. Jaden Hardy. Jaden. Okay. God damn it. Anyway, there's a lot of Jalen, you know. It's just easy to do it all. Um, But anyway, so yes, that's the way I think. If if they've already got those three players into their locked-in future, then the last fucking thing you need is more ball handling and scoring. uh, Players looking to score necessarily. Now I need off-ball players. Now I need wing players. Now I need a big guy to anchor this defense. Even if I keep Dwight Powell in a cheaper deal, for the love of God, get his someone else in front of him. So, you know, if I if I were to like if I were to like throw some names at you, could you come back and give like a mini scouting report on them, uh, just to see well, who's uh who, who sure. to just to see if they're like any good in terms of like a a role they could fill defensively. Sure. For the oh, Ronnie James. All right. No, well, no, no. I'm, I'm gonna throw some. I'm gonna throw like two, two or three names at you. Like Taylor Hendricks right. out of uh, UCF. Okay. All right. He's apparently, six nine has a pretty decent wing, uh, uh, wingspan. He's been a fast riser, so I cannot say I've seen enough of him. But yes, I'm very well aware of how fast he's rising. Gotcha. All right, Gregory Jackson, another six foot nine guy. That yes, Gigi Jackson. That's that's actually that, a very interesting prospect. That sounds like yeah. an NBA two K automated player, Gregory yeah, Jackson. He, dude, he's he's a hooper. He's a big well, he's just a big lanky athletic kid. So I kinda love that because maybe that's a small ball five, maybe that's just a good four that plays a lot of defense. So I actually really would love that one. All right. And then I'm going to go on a limb here and uh because I, I know nothing about this guy, right? But he's he's the one that apparently is uh, being uh, uh, mocked to the Mavs uh, if they were to get the tenth pick, and it's Jordan Hawkins out of UConn. Oh, interesting. Oh, that's the one we did the scouting report on last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ah, okay. Gotcha. I didn't get to that part of the also, show. Damn, a t- top ten is intense, mm-hmm. dude. That's I don't know if he's a top ten level player, um, but. Yeah, I mean that guy would really fit if they could maybe get him in a later pick. Um, 
that would work well. I know I've seen some Derek Lively, um, but I don't see him as a top 10 talent. So I think they would have to trade back. And maybe that's how you do it. You trade back. You get two first round picks that are role players. Um, that might be the right move. Um, I think, yeah, I would love Gigi Jackson because he's got a, he's like top five, top three, maybe even close to considered number one as far as physical attributes. Um, he didn't do all the things that people wanted him to do at South Carolina. Um, but fuck, I would love to draft that kid, especially knowing that I got a whole lot of defense that needs to be played. Yeah. Ooh, what, wait, actually one more, cause this is the only big name, uh, big guy that I see outside of Wimbyama, like an actual seven footer. And it's, uh, Derek Lively out of Duke. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. That's, that's, that's one I don't not... think of. <laughs> yeah. I just said that. <laughs> oh yeah. Sorry. I like blanked out when I was looking at this list. <laughs> Yeah, Derek Lively, I think, will most likely – I think, yeah, you'd have to trade back for him. Though. I don't think that's a top 10 player. Caesar, um, not, li- not only did he not listen to last week, he wasn't listening right after. Okay, so I did week. listen to the episode. I did listen to the episode. I just didn't listen to all of it. Uh, all right. <laughs> yeah, that's to let you know. Hey, listen, I have a one-track mind. So if I get distracted, dog, sorry. Well, hopefully – I was looking at this uh, list of rock – Prospect likes to give you homework on. Hopefully the Chicago Bulls handle business. Um, as of right now, it looks like the Thunder are going to win tonight. Um, so the Mavericks just need the Thunder to win one more game or to lose another game. Uh, and by the time everyone hears this recording, playoffs will be set and play-in will be ready. Sunday is a full slate. Everyone's playing. And uh, the season will end at the stroke of midnight. Probably in like LA or Portland. We'll see. Well, let's see. <clears throat> Who's pulling up last? Oh, it's oh damn! It is way earlier, but it is in Portland. <laughs> It'll end at like five uh, p.m. Portland. Well, they're nice. one of they're one of yeah they're one of like six games playing in that time slot. So who knows which game won last? <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, honestly, if I had to take my bet, it would be uh, Lakers Jazz because ESPN. You don't think? You don't think the Spurs-Mavericks game that doesn't matter for anything except for Mavs potentially getting a lottery pick? <laughs> yeah, honestly, I'm, I kind of have that game circled on my list. Uh, I don't know. Spurs won tonight. Too, Spurs but... are going to ball out, dude. So we'll see. They can win now. Hey, Mamushvili. Have you, have you got your, your Mamushvili hype train rolling yet? No. I, I no, think that's I'm how you not. Mamushvili. I... Couldn't even pretend to try, dude. I haven't watched any game I'm in telling you, man, over they, a month. If y'all snag Wimbenyama, it might be on again because Spurs have been up to their business, their shenanigans. They've been up to their the young low guys key. are fun. They've been they've been competitive in a lot of games this year. They hey, don't win them, and, but they're just missing some pieces. I I I have full faith in the organization, so I'm not worried. And, I'm okay with a couple dude, of down years and pulling dudes off the scrap heap to like. To like load up a little bit, like if Mamushvili is good, because like he was a player I really liked, but he was just like kind of a three and D type that they were using him at, and now the Spurs are letting him actually play and he's doing well. And then y'all stole Charles Big Mouth Bassey. I, I couldn't believe Bassey had never gotten an opportunity really uh, in the NBA, and it was mostly Doc Rivers' fault. Mm. Who knows this better than Spurs? They're always paying attention, man, even when you don't think they. Yeah. Are. You want to talk about good scouting? For real, that's Kawhi Leonard, genius. But um, all right, guys, that's pretty much it for the week. You know, I think we got plenty for you to cut up. 
chop and yeah. screw up. Definitely, definitely put the parts where I just did not pay attention uh, on no. on there. Focus <laughs> on those parts. Highlight those parts. Yeah. Listen, I'm good. If, I have some comedic moments in me too. You can rewatch them like it's a bad film. <laughs> my pun, my punishment is uh, is like clearly being caught rec- on recording, not just paying attention. <laughs> all right, yeah, at least you didn't fall asleep. So there's that. <clears throat> That's yep. true. Very true. All, all right, guys. All right, guys. Well, thanks well, everybody for uh, listening. Absolutely. Uh, we'll see you guys next week and play us out. Fuck playing them close. We lost the goddamn game to the University of Texas and we could have won the motherfucker. That concludes episode 10 of Pass the Rock. Please join us next week. And as always, tell your friends, listen on every single device you can, and even devices that you just find anywhere in your office or on the street. Go to Walmart, take someone's phone, open it up, play us on Spotify. Bye. This is Pass the Rock.